Hello there, you springtime deniers, chappy, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. We've hit another precursor to the weekend. Right at the end of the week here, ready for your weekend, and hope you're doing well. I'm a little croaky today. We'll see if I can get through the whole podcast uh, without potentially losing my voice. If I do, I'll swirl it round with some uh, hot toddy, a little bit of scotch whiskey, maybe some of that beautiful Breckenridge bourbon as well, Uh, honey and lemon, hot water, maybe a few cloves in there. I wonder if you like start pressing cloves into your neck. Almost like some sort of uh, herbal acupuncture, if that would help matters here. But uh, I'm, I'm manfully plowing through, like the snow plow, like the heaviest snow that we've had over the season, 10 inches, believe it or not, in March. This is why you could be a springtime denier, which I am at the moment. It's not spring yet. We're not going to uh, even contemplate spring yet. I mean, I've been in Chicago when it was snowing in April. It snowed on my birthday, for God's sake. So it's not over yet. The long johns are nice and crisply pressed. Yes, I iron my long johns. Do you iron your pantaloons? Well, I steam them, maybe. I mean, ironing is, a, is, is something that I'm not very good at. I used to, when I was at university, can you remember those orange and lime green shirts? Almost fluorescent. You probably could go out at night and people would see you without a flashlight. They're the sort of shirts that I used to wear. They were cotton. And you could never iron them completely uh, cleanly. I mean, you basically had the situation where there were wrinkles in abundance. You could iron wrinkles into the shirts. I mean, even if you got the front of the shirt and the collar, then your back would be incredibly, incredibly, incredibly wrinkled. Yeah, you don't want a wrinkly shirt when you go clubbing. I mean, there's an infamous picture in the days, in the hedonistic days, where the gin and tonic in one hand, my perfectly coiffured, chemically straightened hair flapping over my eyes, glasses on but steamed up, cigar in mouth hanging out, orange shirt, laden, laden, I tell you, as I was saying, laden with thread. It's going to be one of those days today, people. So you're hanging on, hanging on with dear life today to see what happens. Uh, fully, uh, fully medicated up here. <laughs> but honey and lemon, and honestly, a spoonful of turmeric does 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 you wonders. No, I'm I'm doing fine. Just a little bit crooked. And I think it's like the constant change in seasons. You've got this change in season. You've got spring to summer to winter to winter to summer to spring. I mean, it's it's driving me absolutely, uh, absolutely wild here and insane. We just don't know what it is. So I think I'm a little bit congested because of that. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to probably try to smell one of my socks that I coated in Vicks Vapor Rub. Yeah, I'm going to smell that. Take a good old whiff of that, and uh, and that'll that'll. I mean, they always used to say you should tie a sock around your neck. That's the perfect thing to cure any cold or any issue like that. Is to tie a sock around your neck. Now, I I don't think we would have had COVID if we if we'd done that and tied a sock around our neck.
I mean, you need, I mean, also, is your sock going to be long enough to tie around your neck if you do have a thick neck? I mean, that's a question. All right, well, let's just see here. I'm going to tie it. I'm going to, hold on a second. Hold on, just wait a minute. Alright, here, hold on. Yes, so we've got, I've got a grenadier, it's got a grenadier guard on here. So one of those like beefies of hats, bearskin hats. And I'm gonna see if I can tie this around my neck. But it's a tight, you know, to be honest, it's almost throttling, it's throttling me, it's throttling me. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> Yeah, that's not going to do you any good at all, is it, really? <laughs> You've got to... So I think most people's feet, the length of their foot, and you have to... And this is this is a silly thing, the silly thing about sock measurements, isn't it? Because you've got a sock measurement that says it's between 8 and 13 in terms of uh, men's shoe size. Now, I don't think they're giving you a 13-size uh, sock, are they? They're giving you maybe a 10 and a half. But I would say... I would say that the, the size of your foot equates to the thickness of your neck. Alright, here's your task. Take your sock right now, take it off, and wrap it around your neck. Do you have a very tight fit too? I mean, I think it's really important from now on, I get made to measure socks. Because I ever have the situation, and people say, why have you got Vicks in your sock? Well, I rub Vicks Vapor Rub on my feet. So that really does help it. Anyway, welcome to the show. You're very welcome uh, to be here just before. We've had the Ides of March. We've had St. Patrick's Day. I uh, don't know if you're recovering from a hangover now. I can remember having, I think, 15 pints of Guinness one time. I don't, I barely touch anything now. I spill most of it. But no, I, I barely touch a drop these days. But back in my formative years, how about when you're 17 or 18? And one of your first drinking sessions is 15 pints of Guinness. You try that, and uh, it could be very, very inter interesting result. And everything's everything's dark, a very dark black for days. There's nothing you can do about it. It really is when you have that much Guinness. Anyway, on the show today, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, episode 174. We have a packed show, and we'll have another show before <clears throat> the end of the weekend. Now, we're talking about preheated jacket potatoes. These are jacket potatoes, baked potatoes that you can buy that have already been cooked. I, I'm going to have, Izuim is going to be apocalyptic. I'm going to, my head's going to explode talking about this later on. Also, when somebody recognizes you and your fat corgi, I think you've got all sorts of issues going on. Has your toe ever got caught up in your underwear? We'll be talking about that also. Mulleted golfers, Hawkeyes watching me. Uh, we have white pizza sauce. Uh, also, daylight savings time. We're going to be talking about that. But they're trying to pass something in Congress here. And oh, that's making me very upset. It is marvellous to have you here. It's a, it's a joy and a pleasure for your company. And thank you for all the support. Uh, always like and subscribe. Uh, when you can. We do have some trample drombone coming along the way. We have a rate my plate, which basically, uh, I believe it was some sort of maybe a wrecked fish finger in the middle of a plate covered with uh, tomato ketchup or something along those lines. It's incredibly appetizing. You absolutely love it. I love, love, love it. 
Um, if you like music, there's the Butler Musical Emporium edition as well, where we're scattering music between my utterings and indeed my ramblings but you're very welcome to the show we're going to try to inject a little bit of spring although there's 10 foot of snow i've got broken yak tracks i was very gingerly walking along today because i was slipping around a little bit the uh, the yak tracks are, are straining at the bit here the rubber is straining and it's not holding the weight i don't believe so I want to give you something that uh, really shows the insanity of today's age. Now we go through the age, there's always things that just do not make any sort of sense at all. And this is one of them. I'm going to introduce you a little bit to immigration law today, something that I came across in the week. So you've got everybody working rel- remotely now. Obviously, there's a lot of people who have visas and all sorts of things like that. They still require visas, but they can work remotely. And you're trying to sort them out some sort of working visa. You're trying to sort them out some sort of uh, situation, maybe with a uh, uh, with a green card or something along those lines. So it came across this a little ed- bit of education into immigration law. So we had this in the week here. So you have a guy who's basically working on his own, uh, but you have to advertise. You do have to advertise whenever you have a situation where you're hiring, a, you know, some sort of person who has. Uh, some immigration needs green card visas whatever it is so when you do that you have to post this everywhere online uh, and also you have to do physical posting you had to basically pin it to a court board yes you have to pin the notice to a court board where you still live in the 1950s but you have a situation where you have a, a gentleman who is working remotely uh, that is his location where he's going to be working 90% of the time. Now, he may go to Starbucks. He may go and pick up a, a, you know, a nice meal somewhere. But he's going to be there 90% of the time. And this was a notice. Uh, yes, yeah, since you will be permitted to work remotely, you must physically hang up your notice of filing at your home address. So he's got a situation where only his family can see this, or maybe just himself and his dog can see this notice. Now, maybe Fido's going to apply. Maybe his wife or lover or kid will apply for this position. Maybe somebody who he um, possibly has some sort of uh, affair with will see this and decide to apply for this particular position. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, he has to pin up his own notice for his own job on his own message board that probably only he will see. So we have Norman Foster's winery rejected as a Teletubby Palace, a $30 million world-class winery complex designed by one of uh, Britain's best-known architects has been blocked after it was likened to a Teletubby Palace. Vineyard farms have been uh, hoped to make between 1 to 5 million bottles of English wine a year to revival vintages from France, Italy and Spain and mostly underground facility in Cuxton, Kent. Designed by Sir Norman Foster, whose projects include the uh, London City Hall, the Millennium Bridge, the Wembley Stadium, it would be encompassed a state-of-the-art visitor centre, restaurant, coffee shop. Uh, The company said its vision was to kickstart a revolution in winemaking, produce a brand of English bubbly that was accessible to everybody while matching European standards. It was delivered a multi-million pound investment that looks like a wobbly Teletubby. Despite this, Medway Council has voted against the plan 
eight to five with one council abstaining saying it would cause too much traffic noise uh, raise the risk of road deaths and damage the green belt the proposals first went before the councillors in december and they decided they would have a question and answer session uh, regarding it they launched a petition to get a thousand signatures it looked at the pros and cons and to be honest they said the criteria of the building didn't meet the criteria within a green belt so this is the sort of situation that we have uh, going on here, basically. Just imagine you're, you're turning up to the beautiful new Foster Winery here and you've got, uh, you know, got a little bit of this going on. Yeah. Yes, we've got a, a fine uh, 1968 uh, Mouton Rothschild, a beautiful uh, Bordeaux Grand Cru. What a good nose it has. Very, very fruity. Uh, I can I can taste a, a little bit of uh, rhubarb in there. It's been it's been aged incredibly well. Uh, it's been basically in the vault for about fifty years, and we've opened it up today. And uh, what, what what do you think of uh, what do you think of this beautiful claret? Calcutta. You really, you really think it's a bit of okay. Well, we'll open up a lovely Chateau Lafitte. This is the Chateau Lafitte '72. Um, this has been uh, in the family for many, many years. Uh, we've opened it up today. Very delicious. It has a, a fantastic body and like oaky taste to it. Uh, what do you, what do you think of this? I can't believe that you such disrespect for a beautiful bottle of claret. We have a new wine kingdom that's likened to a Teletubby palace. And now we have the situation. And I saw this on an advertisement. It was a UK advertisement, to be honest. So I'm not, you know, not blaming the Americans here, uh, but I'm blaming the British on this occasion where you can buy yourself a bag of pre-cooked baked potatoes yes a bag of pre-cooked baked potatoes so you've got the situation where you've got one of the best meals possible where you can have like beautiful cheese baked beans maybe some chili in there or maybe just some butter sour cream and bacon pieces and they're making it really easy for you because you basically uh, pre-cooked uh, potatoes and then you can just pop them in the microwave for two minutes and they'll be fine now, I've got two problems with this. Firstly, who's lazy enough to cook a baked potato? You can put a, put a potato in the microwave, prick it, prick it well, and then you can cook it for maybe you know, 10 minutes in the microwave and crisp up that beautiful skin. And I told you before, nobody should discard the potato skin. It is one of the most wonderful things, that crispiness, butteriness, cheesiness of the potato skin. Whenever you have all your mixture combined in there, is an absolute phenomenon but you've got the situation where uh, firstly look you can cook a potato in a microwave soften it up now if you just want the skin soft you don't care then and god forbid you're going to throw it away then just put it in the microwave it's 10 minutes you do not need to buy potatoes that have been cooked already because it only takes about 10 minutes maybe less to cook a potato in the microwave and I honestly rub a little bit of oil or butter in it, then crisp up that skin to make it even better. But the thing is, though, so you've got them advising you to cook it in the microwave. Um, so you, firstly, it's pre-cooked. 
and then you finish off in the microwave. So you're not even going to have that crispy skin. This is an anathema to me. I cannot believe it. It really has upset me that you're, you're one of the best dishes out there. The delicious baked potato is, uh, is and you're just making it as easy as possible. We're using our sort of slovenly modern ways. We're always in a rush to not make a potato properly. And I want to bring back the proper cooking of a baked potato. I mean, ideally, it should be like a cricket test match. Well, no, you wouldn't put it in there for five days, but you could put it in there for maybe an hour and a half, and you've got a beautiful crispy potato. This is without even touching the microwave. If you have a little bit less time, put it in the microwave, and then just crisp it up in the oven. But I think we've hit the lowest of the lows, where you can buy a bag of potatoes that have been pre-cooked, but you can't prick a potato and put it in the oven. So is it acceptable to have a Zoom meeting in a cafe? As more and more of us opt for the work from cafe situations, very soon, March 26th, it'll be two years since the first national lockdown in the UK in those weird and yes, unprecedented 24 months, we've been asked to solve some big existential questions. In a crashing economy, a fair price for saving granny, should we have had third jabs when other countries uh, have had no vote of their own, only been having maybe one jab? Is it driving to Barnard's Castle really the best way to test one's eyesight? If the man whose house uh, the party was in says there wasn't a party, was it even, philosophically speaking, a party? Important questions, but one vital conundrum is still unsolved and still wrecking havoc in civil society, leading to resentment, heartbreak, financial ruin, and occasionally fisticuffs. I have to ask it here again, in front of the house, is it acceptable to have a Zoom meeting in a cafe? Mark Still Radio 4 comedian and lightly humorous uh, newspaper columnist said, bloody hell, the bloke having a meeting on his laptop in the cafe is a noisy effort. Apparently, we're still chasing legal on, yeah, 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 we need to update, yeah, 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 really loud update, yeah. We probably won't argue that much of the cafe culture in Britain. Uh, we're not in Vienna or Naples, but as lockdown eased, the humble coffee shop took a new meaning, especially if your work had sold off half its office space and you're in a very annoying flatmates or children with a cost of living crisis about to bite hard. Why pay for your own electricity, heating, sewage, when messes, Starbucks and Costa throw it all in for free and even uh, a black Americano? The, the age of work from a cafe is upon us. Now the pension of coffee mornings, breastfeeding mothers and tradespeople stopping off for a second breakfast are jostling for the position with the new work from cafe laptop loiterers. The laptop loiterers are in bitter uh, war about who gets to plug their device into the electric socket. It's almost like putting beach towels with the British against the Germans. Some people work better in a hubbub. Other people just like having coffee and nice lighting. You may not uh, feel so bad taking advantage of a tax avoiding mega chains hospitality dragging out a soy milk caramel frappuccino for an hour or two. But for your indie hits to play struggling to stay in the black, it could be indeed the death of them. There are solutions, though, for thwarting the laptop lingerers, most which involve passive-aggressive signs. You can have Wi-Fi codes change every hour. You could keep the loose locked so at least anybody working from a cafe has the embarrassment of sliding up to the counter to ask for the key. Some cafes are also demanding no laptop zones. A pub near me was charging a quid a day to hire a spot at the table and throwing in filtered coffee for free. There's also the answer, though, that we can't help. After live tweeting the guy's work chat for about half an hour, uh, Mark Steele had the novel idea of intervening. I asked him to be quieter. 
he tweeted. He said he didn't realise how loud he was and he apologised to everyone in the cafe. Bless him, I think we'll end up really close friends. Costa Coffee has a simple policy. We ask those working from a table in a store to be considerate of the customers when the store is busy. Also, when asked by the press office, they blamed rising costs, all-round ingredients, blending, roasting, shipping. They were being too polite to mention the laptop freeloaders hogging a table for a day for the price of a couple of lattes and a toasted panini. And also, I put this to you as well. If you're so used to working from home without your trousers, you take the whole no-trouser situation to the work from cafe. I mean, my problem is they make that... Uh, coffee hotter than Hades so if you accidentally have some spillage you're going to go home with your tail between your legs so you know you're in a little bit of an embarrassing situation where you decided that you need a dog order for when you travel or somebody to pop in keep an eye on the dogs I mean this is would have been great back in the day wouldn't it if you come up with the idea of doggy daycare back in the 80s and 90s you could be making a killing. Now everybody is doing doggy daycare. Now I've seen doggy daycare situations when I lived in Chicago with oil paintings on the wall. I've seen chandeliers hanging down. And basically these dogs are going for five-star treatments. But I've also had the situation where I boarded a dog and it's been an awful situation where the poor dog's peed on itself and it hasn't been cleaned, hasn't even been walked. So I'm very into the idea of somebody coming over to the house and also letting the dogs out, walking them around, playing with them for maybe two or three times a day. And they get to say within their comfortable surroundings. But you have this situation where you're trying to find somebody local because you don't want it to be inconvenient. And you want the person to be able to pop over fairly easily. So I had the situation the other day where I met the dog walker and I immediately came out. She said, I knew it was you, but that's your fat corgi. Now, when you identified with your dog being a fat corgi. I mean, God knows what she thought of me. But she said, yeah, I see you around. That dog's like trotting along. So my dog trots, you say? Well, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit rotund, almost like a barrel. But now I'm the guy with the fat corgi. And then you've got the situation where you've got corgi shaming, where because she has uh, two corgis that are very, very skiddy, her and her husband. So you've got skinny corgis, there's another corgi as well that's incredibly slender. And now I'm having my, the situation where my poor old Maggie is basically being fat shamed. And I say, well, how much do you feed them a day? She says, oh, yeah, half a cup in the morning, half a cup at night as I'm filling up this huge bowl with meat on top for her and then little snacks and maybe some scrambled eggs, maybe some smoked salmon, uh, pate foie gras. I mean, no, <laughs> don't do that. I didn't go that far. I go too far probably, but not that far. So I don't know if you've been in a situation before where you, they always say dog beca dogs become and look like their owners. So, or do the owners look like their dogs? I don't know. This is the worrying thing. But you've got somebody fat shaming the corgi and the corgi looks like me. Uh, well, I've got, you know, the shorter legs, certainly. But, uh, oh dear. Fat shaming the corgi will come into the situation of fat shaming the owner. So have you ever tried eating raw organ meat for fertility reasons? Yeah, I, luckily I've never had to do that, but Heidi Montag, formerly of The Hills, formerly of social media, and a lot of reality shows on Bravo, uh, is eating raw organ meat. 
when recounting your daily activities to your friends, how often do you end up with, and then I ate a raw bison heart? Well, chomping on a raw bison heart meat is reality TV personality singer and actress Heidi Montag has seen been doing the thing in Los Angeles, California. The following tweet about her unusual snack. She's actually got a Ziploc bag with a raw bison heart in it. Not every day you see a person eating a raw bison heart, uh, but the Ziploc bag came out and then the Hillstar had it as a snack. Uh, did she find it in her own Happy Meal? Did she order buffalo wings and get served a Roy Bison heart by mistake? Was this a replacement when she ran out of hot dogs? Was it the second place prize in a new car raffle? Uh, as a proud tribesman of the growing carnival community, host of the Fundamental Health Podcast, it shows that it's received its medical degree from the University of Arizona in 2015. So why did Montag, uh, Dan Hesching of the uh, of the Carnivore Diet podcast uh, choose the bison heart in particular. When you when you think about the most nutrients that are bioavailable to humans without toxins, organs are also very nutritious part of the animal. Culturally, organs are a critical part. Eating raw liver is going to preserve as many nutrients as possible. This sounds all a, a little bit terribly Hannibal Lecter here, doesn't it? I've been trying to get pregnant for over a year. This is Heidi, not me, by the way, because if I was trying to get pregnant, I'd be in a circus by now. You could make good money, though, couldn't you? Pregnant man eating raw bison meat in a circus? Be fantastic. I'm willing to try different things. It's a great source of nutrients. I felt incredible on the diet. A lot more energy, clarity, increased libido, and overall improvement in chronic pain. I mean, women don't want to do that when they're... Uh, I mean, eating raw, raw bison heart, but I think it's increased your libido. So basically saying you can increase your libido when you get pregnant by putting more meat in your mouth. This is the first time Montag has been seen eating raw animal meat. She's posted Instagrams and videos. She's actually eaten raw liver and bull's testicles as well. Well, that sounds like a load of bull. Um, yeah, I mean, bull... Oh, dear me. I mean, you just don't want to be pulling the wrong udder, do you? Animal meat can be very high in saturated fat, sodium, cholesterol, things that are not good in excess. You're also missing out on fiber, vitamins, antioxidants, fruits and vegetables as well. Plus, too much protein can overwhelm the kidneys. Well, she could even pop her own kidney out and start chomping on that, maybe. That could be the, uh, that could be the next thing. I mean, jerky turns my stomach, but a bison heart and then bison bollocks, no thank you. Okay, you have to forgive me. So we got rate my plate, and I did think it was like an erect fish finger, but no. So this is Sausag Surprise by Stephen S. And basically, it's a huge sausage roll, a sausage encrusted in pastry, and it's erect with uh, tomato ketchup flowing from the top. And it's uh, encased in a foundation of mashed potatoes. And you've got, um, I believe, chicken dippers, or maybe uh, chicken nuggets uh, in a circle round the side with uh, English peas in the middle of the uh, chicken nuggets. And then that's in a circle that's surrounding. It's almost like some sort of fertility stone that you imagine around the time of Stonehenge they would erect this. But it's a huge sausage roll erected. Chicken nuggets are forming some sort of religious praying circle around it, almost in submission or almost prostrate to the magnificence of the huge encrusted pastry-laden sausage roll. And this is what people are saying. Is it surprised that Stephen isn't single? Not now, Madonna. He stole the picture from 2019. So he actually stole this picture as well, this abomination. 
What the hell? Good find, detective. Why, Stephen? Why? This is a call for help. Post some trick turkey drummers as a signal. Almost a work of art, but three minor display issues. Uh, and also, the mashed potato is too dry. Not being passed for a ricer and piped onto would have John and Greg thrown you out of MasterChef. The only surprise here is that Stephen is not allowed to access cutlery and an oven, presumably without a court-ordered supervision. Actually made me LOL. I ate that posh, but if you come round, I'm sure I can make this for us. Uh, says Dam. The ketchup really adds that touch of class. I start with the assumption that anybody who says sausig has the mental faculties of a toddler. Well, the assumption is really ill-founded. Hello, Alex. I think we can all agree that he's a massive villain! I talked about last week uh, a disabled lady decided to run over my toe. Uh, didn't apologize and I didn't want to know what to say and I basically walked away and smiled. So that same toe had a bit of a situation and here's a middle-aged problem for you. Firstly, the situation where my beautifully pristine boxer shorts have now started to get holes in them again. Yes, I need to order some more, don't I? They're pretty hardy, they lasted a while. I know I've talked about this on the podcast before where you both basically have to get a load of men's boxer shorts and ceremonial burn them because everybody... And a lot of men do own boxer shorts that have holes in them. And it is not acceptable. I know this. But somehow I'm dragged into this magnetism from the Earth's core that makes me still wear holy boxer shorts. And uh, yeah, this isn't a religious thing. These have and are laden with holes. Well, this one particularly only has one hole. So I had a sore toe from being run over by the wheelchair. Uh, and then I had the situation where I was trying to put my boxer shorts in the morning. I was sort of pirouetting a little bit like a ballerina or maybe maybe Rudolf Noriev. My uh, one leg was in the air as I was trying to thread my leg through the uh, leg hole of the boxer shorts. But yes, my toe decided to get caught up in the hole of the boxer shorts uh, that um, made me fall over onto my bottom. And then I sprained my toe even more. So this is a lesson for you out there, men. Get together the holy boxer shorts and burn them. Or you may have a slightly sprained toe. And that's no good to anybody. So if you remember last year, I had my basically Raiders of the Lost Hot Cross Bun. I, you can't find Hot Cross Buns anywhere in the US. It isn't like a year ago, there's an episode that I put out there. So listen into that if you are. But anyway, so I'm thinking about Hot Cross Buns again. Uh, Choice dubs this supermarket's chocolate hot cross buns number one. Firstly, never heard of a chocolate hot cross bun, uh, but the Choice judges named Woolworths hot cross buns. Now, there's no Woolworths in the UK, but it's actually in Australia. In Australia, the Woolworths luxurious, richly fruited hot cross buns scored the first place. Woolworths delectable hot cross buns have been named the best in Australia by consumer reviewers. During a blind test, Choice experts judges Woolworths luxurious, uh, richly fruited hot cross buns of rave 84%. We taste test 23 hot cross buns. God, you must have, uh, you must need some tums after that. They're very heavy laden on the tummy. Traditional fruit, apple and cinnamon and chocolate varieties, both gluten-free and regular from major supermarkets, Coles, Woolworths, IGA, Aldi, uh, Baker's Delight and membership where a Costco where the buns are the best. 
30% of the Woolworths buns made fruit made out of fruit, including sultanas, currants, sun, uh, sun musket raisins, uh, cranberries, candied orange peel, and the highest fruit concentrate of any buns that were tested. Very nice, very nice shine, white cross, spring back good, soft, lush texture, fruit, and spicy aromatics evident. Good flavor, lots of plump fruit, Overall, the fruit mixture and texture is awesome. I mean, is that the, is that one of the things you need? Lots of plump fruit. Lots of plump fruit. In second place for Oldies, Baker's Life Indulgent Traditional Fruit was 73%. It was described as a large, dense bun with good volume, firm but bounces back. Are we talking about buns here or are we talking about something else that bounces very neat crosses and nice shine can smell cinnamony well it could be uh, good color light sheen moist soft texture mild spice and a good flavor and then finally Woolworths indulgent brioche hot cross buns a packet a six pack basically slightly yellow here like a brioche light glaze and thinly piped cross aroma lacking spices lovely and soft moist crumble uh, looks very good visually but lacks some spice Woolies also took the top place for best apple and cinnamon hot cross buns and only placed number one for the tastiest chocolate easter buns now i need a chocolate easter bun this easter i, I can't think about anything else now i like a hot cross bun but you get rid of the plump fruit and add some chocolate chips in there or some chocolate nuggets or a bit of fudge fondant or something like that. Now you've got yourself a bun. So I don't know if anybody's very jealous at the moment. Now, 10 inches of snow outside, you're not going to be jealous of that potentially, unless you're a talented skier or snowboarder. But I've been watching a little bit of the cricket here <clears throat> and you have the situation where they have a, a small circular pool uh, around uh, near the cricket grounds in Antigua and Barbados and you've got lots of uh, very sort of plump rotund Englishmen uh, in this pool now the question I have why do the fattest men wear the smallest bathing trunks now you've got all sorts of things where you've got a, a you know big old beer belly uh, you've got some swimming trunks or probably more accurately uh, banana hammocks or budgie smugglers. You've got the St. George's Cross that looks very, very small on that particular appendage. Um, I mean, I have seen budgie smugglers with um, with a kangaroo on. You want a kanga? A kanga on the budgie is, uh, is rather to, a thought to behold, really. But yeah, you've got lots of men. It's very distracting from the cricket. And five days, you have to look at men sitting in a, in a pool in sort of 85, 90 degree weather in the smallest swimming trunks you'll ever see. Now, I mean, you, you just don't want any more shrinkage going on there. Uh, or you could have a situation where it would be potentially R-rated by the pool in Barbados. The suspect has been arrested for allegedly stealing a crossbow by stuffing it down his trousers, our first story on Trouble Trombone. Darren Durant was shown on CCTV uh, earlier in February that the 46-year-old can be seen walking into the shop with a crutch before taking a pair of cutting tools and removing the security tag on the Raven crossbow. I mean, the question is this, he's on a pair of crutches. How the hell is he gonna stuff a crossbow down his pants as well? He can be then seen shoving the weapon down the front of his trousers. Uh, yes, a loaded weapon before walking out. Amazingly, he made it out of the shops, but was arrested a few days later in the car park at the nearby store. 
An arrest warrant was issued uh, by Bradford County in Durant and he is currently in custody for unrelated burglary charges. I mean, he definitely had a cross to bear, wouldn't you say? A woman has been spared jail after making up a story about her boss attacking her with a biro pen at work. Parashish Kiani sued travel agency Avireps, saying her line manager, Fawad Shida, stabbed her in the hand twice with a pen at her desk in February. She showed pictures of the puncture wounds to her right hand and sued for mental scarring. However, document in the background was dated long after the alleged incident proved that she was indeed lying. Judge Mr. Justice Martin Spencer said she must have deliberately in 2017 stabbed herself twice in the hand, waited for the stab wound to scab over and then herself or another person took these pictures of her hand in order to pretend that these photos were taken in February 2015, two years earlier and represented uh, the position as a result of the alleged assault. And she should really stick to poison pen letters. The pen in this case is mightier than the sword. And the school has been accused of denying basic human rights by restricting access to the toilets. Hundreds of the Who Academy in Kent installed lockable gates to stop pupils using the toilets during lessons. Some parents say the move has led them to limit how much their children drink, meaning they frequently return home with headaches. The school said pupils had previously been allowed to use a toilet if they had a pass. They added that the sh shutters have been installed were a safety measure. Mum Lauren Jewis said, if somebody got a bad tummy or something, it's gonna be very difficult for them. It's not fair. One of the girls was on her time of the month and they would let her go. It's a basic human right to go to the toilet. Some students aren't going to the toilet in the day and they have a half an hour bus journey home before they can go to the loo. They haven't been able to go to lunch because they're queues at lunch, so they have to split their lunch time between eating and queuing for the toilet. The school said, like all schools, we try to encourage students to use the toilet at the most appropriate times to avoid lessons being disruptive. However, if a child needs to use the toilet, then they're permitted to do so, especially when they have a medical condition and need to use it more frequently. Shutters are used on site to prevent unauthorized use of the toilets. They're not supervised, which improves both student safety and helps avoid any vandalism. I mean, this is all part of the TikTok trend. I mean, I think everybody used to toilet paper their teachers' cars and everything. But apparently, uh, kids are now uh, getting TikTok rewards or something uh, for stealing toilet paper and other. I mean, luckily, gone are the days when you could use a student who had curly hair, head as a bog brush, basically. It's been beauteous having you here on the podcast. Thank you very much for joining Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. We're going to try to squeeze in another session <clears throat> before the end of the weekend another keep calm and cauliflower cheese probably coming up i would say on sunday this week we're going to have another sunday sermon keep calm and cauliflower cheese if you like the podcast like and subscribe where you can if you like the audio version of the podcast where it's basically me talking about a sermon it's a bit more like a monologue for a whole 45 minutes to an hour me rabbiting on then you can listen on Apple Music, Slacker, Breaker, Pandora, Audible, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio. Uh, you can listen on Google. I believe Google has the show as well. But if you like your uh, little bit of nonsense mixed with some music, there's a Butler and Pouring musical edition on Spotify. And this week we have some blur. We have some Father John Mystery. We have some Footloose Fancy Free. We have some Fat Bottom Girls. I think we'll have some Meatloaf as well. Some Crash Bang Wallet. What a picture. I mean, lots of lots of musical delights 
uh, for you, the Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese listener. But coming up next, we do have a poem. This is snow in the springtime. Some say the snow will slip away, but I've seen it fight to stay like spring tulips bloom when the snow still looms. I've seen the frosty blast come fast and stay. A soft ray of spring will melt the scene and come up crisp and green, dusting white from dusk to light. Old winter wears out his stay when spring comes out to play. A sweep of the warm golden ray swiftly melts that snow away. Yes, spring will find her way. I will be back again on Sunday, but until then, have a lovely weekend. Chappy out. Cheerio.